On social media yesterday, I promised BYU football recruiting updates. We'll get those to you as well as a look at a big official visit weekend for BYU football and answering more of your questions in the mailbag. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. And a big thank you once again for all of your support. If you have not done so already, please subscribe, rate, review, uh, like the show on YouTube, enable notifications. All that stuff, every single thing you guys do on that front, it really does help uh, build the audience here on the podcast. And a big thank you in advance for doing just that. All right, diving right in on today's show. Let's talk BYU football recruiting. I promised it, like I said, in the open on social media yesterday. The biggest thing I've got for you guys today is based off a conversation I had with a person inside the BYU football program yesterday. We were going back and forth on a couple of things. And I just asked the question, what's what's the status with a guy like Maya Luiaki Smith? And they said, essentially, that they are feeling pretty good about where they stand. And I I would interpret that as there is a growing optimism with the BYU football program of their chances with a guy like Maia Luiaki-Smith. Does that mean I'm saying that BYU is going to land Maia Luiaki-Smith? No, I am not. So let me be very clear. I am not reporting that it's a done deal. Anything these days in recruiting can be upheave, can have like upheaval within 20 minutes, if not 24 hours. So that news that I'm talking about right now could be as old as yesterday. That's the crazy thing about recruiting is things can change very, very quickly. But like I said, the biggest thing I'm hearing and what I understand is that BYU feels pretty good about where they stand with a guy like Mayo Luiaki-Smith. I think he is far and away the top quarterback that BYU has on their, uh, I guess draft list is the wrong term to use, but their, their wish list, I guess I should say for recruits, especially at the quarterback position. He's got elite size, above average athleticism, and the best part about him, his arm is super, super refined for a high school football player. He has been well-trained throughout his entire life. He's able to attack all angles of the field. He can really uh, play across the middle of the field, play out to the uh, the edges, uh, sidelines, back shoulder throws. He shows it all, and that's the one thing about this. That's why BYU is, I think, thinking this this is the guy that we want. He could come in and immediately Immediately compete for playing time as soon as next year. I, I'm dead serious about this take. This is not something I've heard from people, so let me uh, separate that uh, from uh, what I'm reporting from my conversation. But let me separate the fact that I think he has got the skill set. He is about as polished a, a quarterback as you're going to see, uh, and he could come in and immediately make an impression for BYU day one. He shows up for BYU if he were to sign with the Cougars. Like I said, that's not a done deal by any means. Uh, everything I've read slash heard is he is planning on making an official announcement of where he's committed to before his senior season begins. Could that happen as soon as today? Sure. Could it happen as late as potentially August or September? That's also a possibility, but uh, he is taking his time and to do his due diligence. But like I said, BYU feels pretty strongly about where they stand with a guy like Maya Luiaki-Smith. He made an official visit to Oklahoma State this past weekend, uh, speaking about last weekend. But I just, I, I think the BYU, they have, they have really 
narrowed in on a guy like Maya Luyaki Smith? Does that mean the other quarterbacks could not pop up? Could BYU revisit a guy like uh, EJ Kamenong, who uh, recently announced that he was not making his official visit to BYU? Sure, if they struck out on Maya Luyaki Smith, they could revisit that. There's also Roman Gagliano, who have, uh, camped with BYU during their uh, summer camp recently and uh, came away with a pretty favorable impression uh, from BYU's coaches. That came from my conversation yesterday as well. as They, they feel very strongly about his ability as a quarterback, but uh, to me, everything uh, points to BYU's number one option far and away is Maya Luiaki-Smith. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, that's the biggest thing about this. Like I said, that information could have been dated the second it was uh, mentioned to me. That's the thing about this. is It's how quickly recruiting changes. It really changes with the wind in certain circumstances, but uh, we'll all have to kind of stand by and wait and see where things ultimately land on that front for the BYU football program. They also are having a number of high-level visitors coming into BYU for official visits this weekend. I talked about a number of them earlier this week with Brian Smith. Those included Davis Andrews. Also, Carson Suesue and Faletel Satuwala. Uh, a big one that I didn't necessarily have on my radar, but it was uh, announced, I think it was uh, Cougs Daily, and uh, the guys over there announced that Cash Dillon, a high-level defensive prospect out of Corner Canyon High School, is making an official visit to BYU. Uh, my read is that Cash Dillon is still very much Utah's to lose, in my personal opinion, but he is a phenomenal athlete. He's six foot four, six foot five, a fluid athlete, could be an edge pass rusher, kind of that stand-up two-point stance, defensive end role. You, if you remember watching those Utah defenses of yesteryear, think of guys like Nate, Nate Orchard or a Trevor Riley where they would stand up in a two-point stance and could drop into coverage, could blitz off the edge. It was just a phenomenal football player. Your non-traditional defensive end, but very effective. Cash Dillon, to me, kind of strikes me as that type of player. He also has the capability of maybe playing more of a traditional linebacker role as well, but uh, BYU would do well to make a big impression on Cash Dillon this weekend because he would be a phenomenal player pickup for BYU. I've had a chance, I think I called, let's see, last year as part of the uh, KSL uh, Rewind crew, I think I called two Corner Canyon games, and Dylan stood out to me. I I really like his game. Uh, We'll see how it translates to the next level, but it sounds like it's an in-state battle between BYU and Utah for his signature, and like I said, I think the, the tea leaves still read uh, that he's Utah's to lose, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm interested to see if BYU can make a big enough impression to maybe change his mind and convince him that Provo is the place to be. The nice part is they've hauled in a number of players from Corner Canyon recently. Harrison Taggart, the most recent, obviously, and Taggart being a defensive product of Corner Canyon could get in a guy like Cash Dillon's ear and uh, sell him a little bit harder on what's going on with BYU. Uh, the other player that I understand is coming to BYU that I did not mention earlier this week is Jet Nelson from American Fork High School. Now, I am very familiar with Jet Nelson because I called, I think, six American Fork games last year. I I was like on the American Fork home crew, I felt like. But it was a great time to watch a number of high-level athletes for the cavemen. And Jet Nelson is actually a really, really tantalizing prospect. They list him as a tight end prospect if you go to 24-7 sports. But he, he, to me, uh, could be one of those big-bodied receivers. Think of a guy, man, I'm trying to make a comparison to BYU history. Uh, think of like a Taron Houck. Uh, if you remember Taron Houck uh, playing in the early days of BYU's independent era, Houck was a guy who was not necessarily a traditional tight end, but also was maybe a two, uh, step too slow and a little too big to be a true wide receiver, but still very effective in his role. I think that Jet Nelson is more in that mold of a player, but the thing about that, you can always use guys like that. Nelson is listed at six foot five on 24-7 sports, and I believe he is all of that. If, if not, he's 6'4", he's an inch shorter than that. He's got a phenomenal 
phenomenal, phenomenal body in terms of football. But the one thing about is the way I, the way I kind of watched him last year is he's still adapting to the game of football. And what I mean by that is he's he's you can tell he's a kind of a newcomer to the sport. He's been playing it his entire life. He's not as polished, I guess I should say, as other guys who've been playing the sport their entire lives. Uh, the way I understand it, he did not play a lot of football growing up, but he's taken uh, to it very well, and uh, he'd be a, f- a great pickup for BYU as well. Obviously, Davis Andrews, his teammate from American Fork, who uh, most people out there think that Notre Dame is the leader for him. We'll see what happens. Uh, there's a big, big opportunity this weekend for BYU to make an impression on those guys. Cash Dillon, Davis Andrews, Jet Nelson, Carson Suesue, Falatel Satuela. Like, if you were to ask me, where do you kind of cast your chips on who BYU might be able to land of that group? I think Carson Suesue is BYU's to lose personally. And then the other ones, honestly, I think BYU's playing from behind on. But the thing about this is you have them on campus. You are getting the last official visits before the uh, summer dead period kicks in uh, when July kicks off. So this is a big opportunity. I can't stress it enough how big this is for BYU football to have those guys on campus visiting, uh, checking things out, and hopefully you can sell them hard on what the future is for BYU football as a member of the Big 12 Conference. There is an allure to being a part of a of a program that is doing something that's unprecedented. I think every one of these young men should be pitched on that front alone and saying, you can come in and be part of history for BYU. You can be part of the crew that introduces us to the Power 5 level, and we need you guys to help us be successful at that level. That, that's kind of got to be the selling point for BYU in, in certain circumstances. Obviously, you're going to show them uh, ways that you're going to use them in offense or defense, whichever position they play, uh, how you think that they fit in, where you think they'll play, and the, the potential to play early and often. There are so many different pitches BYU can throw at these guys, and I'm hopeful they unload the clip, uh, so to say, and just really... Uh, utilize all resources at your disposal to let these guys know exactly what BYU's future is going to be as a member of the Big 12 Conference, and we'll see what happens. I'm interested to hear any uh, outcomes of this, anything that I hear slash glean uh, in talking with people after the weekend wraps up. I'll be sure to pass along to you guys, but I do think that there is some very positive uh, indications, especially on the Maya Louiaki-Smith front for BYU, but uh, it's it's a crazy crazy time when you try and track recruiting, but that's what this time of year is all about, my friends. As I think about this, we've done probably the majority of the shows this month have had a recruiting focus, but that's the month of June in a nutshell. The month of July, we'll do more. We're going to look more at uh, opponents. We'll start to look at uh, Sam Houston State. So then you'll start going through the schedule and looking at that type of stuff. But right now, it's all about recruiting. And obviously, uh, we'll continue to update you as more news might come in on that front. All right, coming up here in just a minute, it's your guys' time to shine once again. Getting through the rest of the mailbag hopefully that we did not get to on yesterday's podcast we'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars now first a word on our friends over at Bird Dogs Bird Dogs goal simply put is make you look good my friends they have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and lay, giving you a truly sculpted look think about that they want to make you look good and they're going to make you look sculpted think about that that's, that's a great phraseology right there best part is their shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon but fit way better and more importantly they fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton y'all know what I'm talking about. The best part is they have fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice that movement. I can attest to this personally because I have two pairs of bird dogs of my own, and I absolutely love them. Uh, I will see what I can do. Uh, a couple of you said, hey, I want to see that picture of Jake and his bird dogs. Maybe we can get that done this weekend, but the best part is they're also using anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that helps keep you cool and dry all day long as well. So give it a shot, my friends. Go to birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler with 
with every order. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you for being every day with us here on the podcast. Uh, coming up on our Monday edition of the show, frankly, uh, I'm not 100% certain what we're going to talk about. I can guarantee you we'll look back at another game in BYU football history. You can uh, bank on that. Also, it's the end of June, so we're being looking a little more at what's going on in uh, the Big 12. And also, I- I've gotten away from this, but there's still plenty of information from Phil Steele's uh, Bible that I, my wife likes to call it, his uh, preseason preview. I actually got my hard copy of that. That earlier this week. We'll probably dive a little bit back more into that next week as well. And any recruiting updates I can glean from the weekend, we'll be sure to pass along to you as well. All right. On to your guys' questions on today's show. Uh, first thing comes from our good friend Nick Chadwick. He says, which top recruit are you most confident BYU can secure the commitment of? Uh, he talks about Davis Andrews, Maya Luiaki-Smith, uh, Ikenasio Tupo, uh, Cash Dillon. He said, also, can you explain why BYU did not pursue Jensen Somerville out of Lehigh? He just got a UCLA offer, and I'm perplexed why Funks doesn't, uh, did not pursue him. Now, to your first question, of those four, Davis Andrews, Maya Luiaki-Smith, Ignacio Tupo, and Cash Dillon, I'd say that it's probably Maya Luiaki-Smith just based on my conversation yesterday. I think Davis Andrews is still very much a Notre Dame lean. I think the same thing for Cash Dillon with Utah. But uh, Tupo is interesting to me because he made those comments to 24-7 Sports, and we talked about it earlier this week, those of you who are everydayers, about how he put BYU into his top list after his official visit. He was very impressed with the Cougars, and that could bode well for BYU landing a top-level offensive Lyman. So uh, I would say Maya Luiaki Smith's probably the one of those four, uh, Nick. But your question about Jensen Somerville, I'm not 100% certain what BYU didn't see in Jensen Somerville, but I am going to give Daryl Funk the benefit of the doubt. I think that Funk has gotten a little bit of a bad rap in a way just because of some of the transfers out of the program. But think of all the work he did in the transfer portal and what he's done in the recruiting sphere since then to bolster BYU's offensive line. Daryl Funk's done a really Really nice job, and I'm very impressed with him. And if he didn't sign off on Jensen Somerville for whatever reason, I'm going to trust him on that. Uh, Jensen just actually committed to UCLA, so best of luck to him down there at Westwood uh, as he plays in the Rose Bowl for Chip Kelly and the Bruins. But uh, I think that BYU's earned the benefit of the doubt. If they don't necessarily sign off on a guy or they're not sold on him right away, maybe we should trust that a little bit more and give Daryl Funk and the offensive staff a little more of a, a leniency with regards to their evaluations. They've done a very good job evaluating talent on that offensive front by and large, and I will give them a pass on that front. But like I said, I I don't have any direct intel on Somerville for you. All right, next one. Ethan Sawyer, Big E84 on Twitter. So what players might have a breakthrough year? We know that most are returning. Who is newer may surprise with their contribution? I've heard Ciala Yacera and Parker Kingston. Those are two guys I have mentioned on this show. Are there others? That's a great question. I would actually keep an eye on A.J. Vongpachan coming in from the transfer from Utah State. He is a solid, if not unspectacular, middle linebacker prospect. I think he'll do some very nice things for BYU's defense in the middle of that defense. We'll see how it all shakes out for him, but keep an eye on A.J. Vongpachan 
Also, uh, keep an eye out also in the defensive secondary for some of the young bucks. And I'm talking like guys like Chica Ebunoha, uh, Raider Damuni. Think of those, some of those safeties that are the young bucks. Raider Damuni especially. Because if Raider can kick off the mission rust, there's no reason he can't think that he can't contribute right away for BYU. And does that mean that he's going to be a starter? No, that does not necessarily mean he's going to be a starter. But he's easily going to be a guy who's in the two deep for me. I think he'd be a phenomenal player. Uh, I did uh, leave the name off this question, but was asked, Jake, what is the status of Chaz Ayu? And I, I think he could be a difference maker for the BYU football program. So I apologize if I didn't, I, I, I actually left the name off. I don't have time to scramble and find it uh, as we were recording this show. But on the Chaz Ayu front, I'm not sure you can necessarily count on anything from Chaz at this point. Anything you get out of him should be considered a bonus. If he stays healthy for one year and plays an entire season for BYU football, triple, quadruple, I don't know how many bonuses you want to add to that because his history suggests that he will break down at some point during his career. And I'm not trying to to bag on the kid. It's just unfortunate because he's had just a really, really bad rash of injuries during his time at BYU. Now, some of that was mismanagement from his previous coaching staff, having him bulk up and then lose weight and bulk up again. You can't do that to a guy's body. Body and not expect him to uh, have issues. So uh, keep an eye on, on Chaz. Anything he can offer, phenomenal. But I, I just can't bank on anything at this point. Uh, next one coming in at J uh, on 20. Do you think it would be what do we think it would take to get the board of trustees, speaking of BYU, to allow donors to funnel money directly into the football program, i.e., what T Boone Pickens uh, uh, just did it and giving 120 million directly to the OSU football program, speaking of Oklahoma State. Now it wasn't T Boone Pickens himself, he has actually uh, since passed away, but it was his uh, what do you call it, his estate, his trust, whatever you want to call it, uh, gave that money to the Oklahoma State football program. It is my sincere hope that if you had that much money and you went to BYU and Tom Homo or whoever you're talking to at BYU and said, uh, Mr. Homo, I've got $100 million I'd like to invest in BYU football, but you cannot invest it anywhere else. I want to directly go into BYU football. I'd have a hard time believing that BYU is going to turn you away. Maybe they would. Maybe their hubris would get in the way and they'd say, no, you, you donate it. We, we slot it where we want to. But I have a hard time believing if you had $100 million and you wanted to give it to BYU and say it's for the BYU football program specifically, that they would turn that down. That's my personal thought on the matter. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I know in the past, the thing is, if you donate money, BYU says it goes into a discretionary fund and we determine where it goes. That needs to go away. You need to be able to allow some people to direct the money where they want it to go. And uh, I can tell you on more than one occasion, I've had people tell me that, yes, they will tell certain people that it goes into a discretionary fund, but other people seem to get their money where they want it. Uh, so who knows what happens? All right, next one, David Congo. Uh, what other high-level recruits are BYU still in play for in the 2024 class? I know the coaching staff has done a great job without a lot of stars. Heading into the Big 12, we will need dudes with more stars. In your opinion, how many four-star guys on the roster right now? And when Arkansas came out here last year, the fans said they had 24-star athletes on their team. How do we match up with the rest of the conference? Uh, I don't have the number off the top of my head. I'd say there's probably a handful for BYU of true four-star talents on BYU's roster. Not more than 10 uh, easily. I think maybe around five or six. Just think thinking about it off the top of my head uh, for you, David. But the bigger thing is BYU does need to attract more talent. And now in recruiting, they're swinging a lot more for the fences, so to say, when it comes to those four- and five-star talents. Uh, there were eras past when BYU wasn't a Power 5 member. They probably would have said, you know what, we're not just getting, we're just not going to get that guy, uh, and we'll we'll just kind of move on. But they have done a better job about being, you know, saying we are a Power 5 program. Let's go and sell it. Let's go see what we can find uh, for ourselves and see if we can uh, figure out what's going on. 
on and get ourselves an opportunity to get some of these higher level players because they do need that. They need an influx of talent. The the direct correlation is the more four and five star talents you have in your football program, the more you're going to win at a high level, especially at the power five level. So will it will it prove to be that BYU has a a, a era where they have 25, 30 four-star prospects down the road. I can't guarantee that, but I think BYU should be able to get double-digit four-star talents hopefully at some point, and that would hopefully uh, give them a, a, an opportunity to compete better. The other thing about this, I will I will also add that BYU's done a very good job with their program and player development under Kalani Satake. They bring in what they call two and three star guys, and then they get four and five star production from them. I think none bigger than a guy like Tyler Algier. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal example of the player development inside the BYU football program. So uh, keep an eye on that as well as BYU. Yeah, they may never recruit at an elite level, but they can still bring in Brent, plenty of bodies that can give Give them an opportunity to compete. I did look that up, by the way, on the Chaz Ayu question. It was Ryan Moon, so I apologize, Ryan. Uh, I screwed. I, I forgot to write down your name when I wrote down your question, so uh, apologies for that. All right, on to the next ones. Uh, Matt Quinney asked, after this coming weekend of official visits, what is the coaching staff doing with their time off during July? Well, I don't know specifically what they're doing, but I can tell you what they. a lot of them do. They go on vacation. It's it's really it's time for them to spend time with their family and have some downtime. Uh, Kalani Satake has mentioned this in the past, that he goes essentially where his wife wants to go during the month of July and uh, I think that I I think every coach who's married on that staff probably has a similar circumstance but they take some downtime they go on vacation spend time with their kids uh, really gear up because it's the last hurrah before you get into uh, Big 12 media days in mid-July which is a little bit different this year so uh, Kalani and some of the players will be down in Arlington I will be there as well myself looking forward to that but uh, they will take some downtime and get ready because uh, August hits and it's training camp and off you roll and you're, you're, you're full go until the month of December in terms of game preparation and then it, it's recruiting for like the next six months after that. So it's, it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy time. The month of July is truthfully the really the only month of real downtime and even that's questionable in certain circumstances for BYU. Uh, next one, uh, Henry Moss. You mentioned Wisconsin and Tennessee as being the top venues you, you visited in terms of BYU opposing venues. Would BYU be in your top three? That's an interesting question, Henry. Uh, BYU is a phenomenal setting for a football game. I've been around the country. I mentioned I've been to Notre Dame. I, I've been to a lot of these big venues BYU's played at. I've been to, I've been to Texas. Uh, I, I love going and traveling to what I call the cathedrals of college football, these big, venerable stadiums who've got big reputations, obviously. But you got to be hard-pressed to find a better setting than Lavelle Edwards Stadium, sitting at the foot of the, of the Wasatch Range, obviously the Y, uh, just uh, peaking above it. It on the mountain over there. Uh, I, I've talked in the past about this podcast how I think BYU may move Lavelle Edwards Stadium one day uh, down towards where the Provo High Campus is. But even then, uh, if they could get away with it and just refurbish LES, do it. it it's it's a it's an it, it's a one of a kind type of experience and a lot of fans who come to Provo just comment and they, this is absolutely awesome. The mountains are literally right there. They feel like they're right on top of you. We're lucky to live where we live if you live in the state of Utah like I've, I've done most of my life. Uh, I love living here. I don't have plans, on, uh, plans to leave anytime soon but uh, it's a phenomenal setting and I would say yeah it probably is right there in the top three to five I would say Henry. I don't think I'd, I would be up in the night and saying that. Uh, next question coming in here. Interesting questions by the way all the way around so thank you to all of you guys. Uh, biggest uh, uh, right here. Let me find this real quick. I, I came in late. Alex Pistorius asked this. Is there any hope for an improved kicking game this season? Now, that's a great question. I think somebody else uh, submitted it. I did not write it down. I don't think so. I apologize if you did submit it. Maybe you uh, had that earlier before Alex Pistorius. Uh, but Alex, you have a great question. 
At this point, I would essentially say we're banking on uh, Matthias Dunn, Will Farron, and or Justin Smith to be the kicker for BYU this season. I think the, the depth chart goes as such. I think it's Matthias Dunn 1, Will Farron 2, and Justin Smith 3. Uh, you're going to hope that one of them steps up and really emerges. Could a walk-on uh, sneak into camp uh, during fall camp and blow us all away? That's also a potential thing. But hopes of a grad transfer or just a transfer coming in to BYU as a kicker does not seem likely, at least uh, based on what I understand right now. Could that change? That could change, yes. But... Uh, you were running out of, out of time to get that done ahead of training camp. So at this point, I would bank on the fact that you're probably relying on the three guys you had during spring ball. And I, I, I've probably been a little hard on the kicking game, honestly. I, I, I It just didn't look good in spring ball, and there's going to have a lot of work going on this summer. I'm sure all three of those guys are getting their kicks in every single day. The one thing I like about Matthias Dunn in particular, he's got a monster leg. When he really uncorks it, the dude has got just a monster monster leg. If he can hone that and make it more accurate, there's no re- there's no reason to think that he can't be the kicker for BYU, be the quote-unquote guy at kicker for the Cougars, but uh, based on spring, that's uh, a little ways off. So maybe uh, by uh, committee a little bit during the fall camp, maybe a little more going for it on fourth down for BYU. We'll see what happens. Alright, final question here goes to our good friend Bailey Eisenbar. It says, Jake, will you shave your head with me if BYU doesn't win more than three games this season? Uh, now, Bailey, I do need to uh, consult with the missus. I am married, and Mrs. Hatch uh, likes uh, the way I look. And Maybe she would like me with a bald head. I don't know. Uh, But I will say tentatively, sure. I I think BYU easily uh, clears three wins. They'll have two, I think, right out of the gate. If you lose to Sam Houston State and or Southern Utah, I'd be frankly stunned. And then I think the rest of the way, you should be able to find a third win at minimum. If if it's an awful season for BYU, it might be three and nine. So, uh, yeah, I think that I will take that bet, and I don't think I'll be shaving my head. So, uh, Bailey, I I think we, we're going to be safe on that front, but uh, we'll find out. Injuries and obviously all kinds of other stuff could play into that, but uh, we'll see where things ultimately pan out on that front. So thank you to all of you, by the way, for all of your questions as always. You guys are awesome. I, I truthfully, uh, I can't do what I do without you guys, and it means the world to me. The each week you guys deliver in mass on the questions, and I have to split them over two shows. I don't mind doing that one bit. It's a downtime of the year. It's a slow part of the year, so this is the perfect time to have two shows uh, f- worth of uh, uh, questions coming in, and obviously splitting over two days, uh, keeping you guys engaged as everydayers as well. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out Friday with a look back at another uh, two games actually in BYU football history. One and FCS game and then won a devastating blow in the 2018 season that really I think in a way set a, a, a kind of a, a tenor or a, put a pall over the season. We'll talk about all of that here momentarily. First word on our friends over at Perry Homes have been working, for, working with us for the past few months. The best part is if you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home or anything in between Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with the communities and throughout the state they have many communities home designs and price points to help meet your needs. They simply put, want to help you guys out wherever you are at. They've got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties as well. They even have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George uh, if you want to move down to the southern part of the state. They offer over 50 unique home designs as well. And the best part is they got Ramblers, two stories, and townhomes, anything, like I said, to fit your needs. And they're offering generous financing incentives to their preferred lender right now as well. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's Perry Homes utah.com to learn more now for 50 years utah has been uh, excuse me utah has been coming home to perry homes 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, my friends. If you've not entered already, uh, we are giving away a Jaron Hall signed football. I've got it right here. I'll pull it out and show you guys if I can get it out. If, I'm watch- if you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, it's a BYU football. Uh, if you can see that, the my my ring light here. That there you go. This is Jaron Hall's signature. I got the but uh, that's gonna be the grand prize and the way to enter to win this. And as I bounce my desk and my recording equipment all over the place, apologies for that. If you're watching that on YouTube, but. Uh, the way to enter to do that is the uh, show us that you're uh, you're signed up to, to follow the show. Uh, I am gonna add a little bit of a caveat. I will give essentially a, a tip of the cap to many of you who, even if you're listening to us on the regular podcast feeds, uh, if you don't mind going over to YouTube, it doesn't take more than five seconds and subscribe to the show there. It doesn't mean you have to listen to the show there. I just want to see the subscriber numbers on YouTube go up. So uh, simply put. Uh, Send us an email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com with your email, uh, with your uh, name, uh, what you like about the show. Leave us a note if you want, or and just show us that you're subscribed to the show, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, a myriad of other podcast providers out there, but also show that you are subscribed on YouTube. Like I said, even if you're not going to watch and or listen to it on YouTube, I just appreciate you guys subscribing to the show on YouTube and helping us bump that number. I've, I've got a, a pretty big goal of getting to 5,000 subscribers by the time BYU kicks off fall camp. It means I've just got a little over a month to get to that goal, and we're sitting in the 3,200 range. So I've got to add 1,800 people, 1,800 subscriptions uh, between now and then. It's my goal, but... Uh, High goals are, are a good thing. We're going to stretch for that. We're going to see what we can do. So thank you for doing that. And that's that football, that Jaren Hall football will be the grand prize. I've got other BYU swag to give out as well. We'll do that giveaway coming up around the time BYU kicks off fall camp. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But if you want to get entered to win, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Just show us that you're subscribed to the show and you'll be entered to win. We've got close, I think, 200 entries already. Uh, so thank you to all of you who have entered already. And there's still plenty of time for you guys to enter as well. So uh, get on it. And obviously, we'll be loved, loving to have you guys would love not be loving. We would love to have you guys be a part of that giveaway. All right. Uh, looking back at two games for BYU in the 2018 season, or look back at all 155 games continues. Uh, obviously, BYU came off that right in a huge high as they beat Wisconsin. They returned home uh, for a, or an early game in their lone FCS game of the season against the McNeese State Cowboys, or the McNeese Cowboys, I should say. And BYU just absolutely pummeled McNeese 30-3. to It was nothing uh, really all that crazy. Look, Pina Katoa ran for two touchdowns. Tanner Mangum threw for 118 yards, also had two touchdowns in his own right, uh, but BYU gets the win over uh, McNeese to push their record to 3-1. and one. They were ranked 25th in the country in this game, and BYU was uh, feeling pretty good about themselves with that win. Uh, the other thing about this was the first chance we had to see, I believe, Zach Wilson in a BYU uniform. He went 1-2 of two and had 12 yards uh, passing in this game. Uh, little do we know, just a few games later, he would take over the job full-time for BYU, but nonetheless, a pretty solid performance for BYU getting out of that game 30-3. to three. We're not going to waste a lot of time on that, but the following week, BYU BYU obviously was riding high coming off that win against McNeese and also uh, having beaten uh, Wisconsin on the road. And the thought was, okay, we beat Wisconsin on the road. They were top 10 in the country, knocked them off. Now we got to go up and face number 11 ranked Washington on their home turf up there in Seattle. Can they make it happen twice in three weeks for the BYU football program? And I remember the conversation about this was BYU's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. They go into this game against Washington and they got absolutely just destroyed, Frank. It was it was not pretty. Uh, Jake Browning started this game 23 of 24 passing. He ended up finishing the game 23 of 25 passing for 277 yards and one touchdown. Absolutely sterling performance uh, for the Washington Husky signal caller. He was masterful in this game. Uh, BYU had just 
no run game really uh, to speak of in this one. Kind of a hallmark of the early tenure uh, years for the, the BYU offense is when they couldn't run the ball effectively, they struggled mightily, and almost any team does this. But when you run 28 times for just 34 yards, averaging 1.2 yards per carry, yeah, you're going to struggle. Because considering that Washington ran as a team 37 times for 187 yards and averaged 5.1 yards per carry. It was just an absolutely masterful performance on Washington's part and it brought BYU right back down to earth. They dropped to 3-2 and two on the season. Suddenly they're like, oh, maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. And I, I get that. Tanner Mangum actually had one of his better passing performances, uh, just 18 of 21 for 160 yards. But BYU just could not get anything going. They tacked on a touchdown in the fourth quarter from Lopini Katoa to put some lipstick on the pig, as it were. But uh, BYU gets uh, beaten down a little bit and maybe uh, licking their wounds a little bit and maybe in just some small way got a little bit of a big head uh, looking back at that uh, game, I was just speaking of that, uh, after that loss to Washington, but it would humble them, but little do we know, like I, like I uh, mentioned, is that you, our first chance to see uh, a guy like Zach Wilson came in that McNeese State game. Well, little did we know that coming up next week, we'll talk about the debut of what would become one of the more legendary runs as a BYU quarterback for a guy by the name of Zach Wilson, and we'll talk about that uh, starting Monday here on the podcast. All right, so that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Like I said, can't do it without you guys. Subscribe, rate, review, enable notifications, do all that stuff. Comment, uh, put the thumbs up on the show. We see thousands of you uh, view the show on YouTube, but uh, very few of you relatively hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. It takes literally a second, and thank you for doing it. All of it helps build this audience. The algorithms like it. You guys know what I'm talking about. So thank you all the same for all of your support. Have a great weekend. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there, and we will reconvene on Monday unless something crazy happens this weekend and then maybe I'll knock out a show. But nonetheless, have a great weekend. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. would encourage you guys, uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast if you're looking for something else to check out uh, this weekend. It's a great way to get caught up on all the news in uh, sports as a whole out there. Uh, but more importantly, thank you for being everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And until Monday, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.